Hi, this is Robert Helms, and thanks for listening to the Real Estate Guys podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think. Thanks so much. Now, on with the show. Today's broadcast of the Real Estate Guys is presented with minimal commercial breaks thanks to Global Property Network. Get a no-cost referral to a great agent anywhere in the world at globalpropertynetwork.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms, and we've got a great show for you today. We have an incredible book that has just come out from our good friend, Robert Kiyosaki. It's called The Real Book of Real Estate. Ladies and gentlemen, that's no lie. This book is a ream of paper. It's more than 500 pages, and uh, we're super excited about it. Joining me as always, uh, co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. You know, one of the neat things about this show is uh, Mr. Kiyosaki has now been on our show. This will be the 10th time. Uh, every single time he's traveled to us, this time uh, he's invited us here to his home studio in uh, beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's a record. So Rich Dad has been on the New York Times bestseller list like forever and ever, and now he's been on the Real Estate Guys radio show 10 times. There the you go. The guy just keeps setting records. You know, every time he uh, has a book, uh, we always want to hear about it. We read it. We're one of the first guys to get through it. We talk about it in our mentoring clubs. Uh, but the fact that it's a book about real estate is just huge. That really makes it uh, exciting for, of course, uh, not only us, but our listeners. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of different components of building wealth. And Robert likes to talk about all of those different components, which is real important. But obviously, we love real estate. And so we're excited he's back talking about real estate and really appreciate the approach that he's taken with this book in terms of going out and putting together a brain trust. You know, how valuable do you think it would be to have access to the people that have helped direct Robert in his real estate investing and the success that he's had? Because, you know, he's often saying uh, real estate investing or investing in general is a team sport. And to get a chance to have the, the, those people put their best ideas in a book and have him deliver that to you for you know a few bucks, what an amazing value. Yeah, there are more than 20 experts who have contributed to the book. And so it's, it's this idea that you can't be an expert at everything. I promise you, Robert Kiyosaki knows a ton about real estate, but he also knows that there are so many big brains out there that you can't, one person can't know it all. You've really got to focus on what the individual challenges are and the opportunities in real estate and then find out who knows that and makes that their day-to-day their -day living. Well, you know, one of the things that I've really appreciated in the times I've had a chance to uh, speak with Mr. Kiyosaki is that he's humble. Uh, you know, I, I found that most most successful people are humble. They're curious. They're open-minded. They, they don't have to always have the answer. They're more interested in finding out the answer than having the answer, if that makes sense. You know, what's right as opposed to being right. And I think that uh, the way he writes about himself in his books, you can see that reflected. Hey, I made this mistake. I made that mistake. My rich dad said this to me, and I, I kind of got it figured out, and I've worked my way through this. And it's so encouraging for the average person out there that is struggling. You know, a lot of people have looked at real estate, got in at the high, and they're thinking, man, something's wrong with me. You know, I bought real estate at the wrong time. The market took all my equity away. I'm such a loser. Uh, it's just experience. It's just part of the process. And I think that his writing and the, the way he puts his books together and just the example he is, it really helps people understand that uh, that they can do it too. And it's just a matter of surrounding yourself with the right people and getting good advice and being open-minded and doing your homework. All right. Well, let's uh, meet the uh, New York Times best-selling author and our good friend, Mr. Robert Kiyosaki. How are you, sir? I'm outstanding. It's always a pleasure to be around you guys. You always... <laughs> You're always so up, so it brings me up, too. Right on. Well, we, uh, we've we been excited about this since uh, we got the uh, invitation to come to beautiful Scottsdale. And uh, this is, uh, this is a, a new book. It's a big book. It's a just come out. Tell us where you got the concept uh, to put together the real book of real estate. Well, I got the idea because I've been in real estate since 1970s. And I love, the, I love, the, I love real estate. Why does, what does real estate mean to me? It means freedom. 
you know, it means financial freedom. Like every month I get checks from 1,400 units, come rain or shine, you know, what, what is that worth? And, but what really got me upset, as you know, during the, around the year 2000, real estate started to take off, and suddenly everybody became a real estate expert. I'm sure you guys saw them. And one guy that really, you know, what me offed was he was on one of the Oprah shows, and he's now her real estate expert. And I remember him back in 1998 when I first met him. He was a mutual funds expert. And then suddenly, when mutual funds crashed, he emerged as a real estate expert. So Oprah has him on her show talking about real estate. I'm going, that guy knows less about real estate than a monkey, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, then, and then when real estate crashed, and then when real estate crashed, he emerged as a green business expert. I'm going, boy, that guy is a chameleon, you know? Wow. But as you know, what really, what really hurt was to see so many people get crushed into subprime, and then you know, when the debt markets collapsed and all this, and so the real book of real estate is about people who are for real. I mean, it's a 22 of my, I know most of them personally. We have two of them with us today. I've known Bernie and John for almost 30 something years, starting in real estate in Hawaii together. But 22 of the authors, I know most of them personally. Some of them are pretty famous, like Donald Trump is a good friend of mine, Carlton Sheets, as we know, Dean Graziosi, as most people know. And these guys are for real. And the thing about real estate is there's not just one way to do it. Right. And as you know, there's so many guys, the only reason they're in real estate is to sell books and tapes. And that's why I got really kind of, I said, we better bring some real life experience to this business to show how big a business it is because there's so many ways to do real estate. Because real estate, you know, the first chapter is by Tom Realwright, a CPA. And he says, first of all, real estate is a business. For example, I know my business. I'm in B-class apartment houses. That's my niche. I don't develop land. I don't develop buildings because I don't know how to do that. You know? So I know my business. And as Ray Kroc of McDonald's says, you know, the purpose of the business is to buy the real estate. So if you mismanage the business, you also mismanage your real estate. And so a lot of people got crushed in the last from 2004 till 2007 because they thought their business was to buy low and sell high, and they were called flippers. You know, I said, if you want to see a flipper, go to SeaWorld and look at the dolphins. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where the real book of real estate came, comes from. These are 20 pe 22 people, some of them, most of them, a lot of them are neighbors or guys we grew up with together, but they're for real. You know, we practice what we preach. They're in real estate 24-7. You know, they're, they're in the up markets and down markets. So that's why the book is fantastic. It's uh, 500 pages, has the thud factor. I would say it's, it's the first book my company's been interested in, <laughs> you know, because I write a lot of books, but when my, my staff saw the book, they went, oh, my God, you know, and because it's, they're about 20 pages long, each section, and in there you get a glimpse into the real world. And so that's why I created the book. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's excellent. And the, the whole idea here in being able to pull the experts just gives you a much wider variety of information. And I think everyone will find something. The beginning investor uh, to the most sophisticated investor is going to find something here. Now, I think there's probably folks who would question the timing, right? Real estate, well, I mean, look at the papers. Real estate's terrible time. Everything, everything's awful. Uh, frankly, I think I've kind of mentioned a better time to come out with the book. Can you speak to that? A terrible time was when everybody was getting into it. And now that everybody's getting out of it, it's really the best of times. You know, it's like, just like if Walmart had a sale, every consumer would be in there. 
But when the stock market and real estate market has a sale, all the consumers run away, and then the real investors emerge. But also, it's you know because times are tough, it's hard to get financing and all that. Now's the time to get creative. You can cut deals. People are desperate, you know. And but this is where the real pros step in, and so that's why I'm very happy today. I have two of my friends here. I have John Finney and Bernie Bays. Uh, we're both. We're all three of us former Marines, and I was a pilot. And these guys. What, what were you, John? I'm not sure what I was. Force Recon. Force Recon. Which, which, which were the toughest guys there. of all? And Bernie, what were you? Force Recon. Force Recon. And those were the toughest guys. The pilots were the, you know, the, the pretty boys. But anyway, and we all, when we all uh, were all Marines in Hawaii, and then we met playing rugby together back in the 1975. So we've been together for 35, 40 years, 35 years now. And I've seen them you know, grow and develop. I've seen the wins and the losses. It's like I've had my wins and my losses because that's the real world of real real estate. Yep, and uh, they keep coming back. So, uh, John, now you have been in real estate for, for all these years, and you wrote the book on analyzing, I mean, the part of the book on analyzing the deal. Tell us about that. Well, first I want to thank Robert for the chance to be in the book because I, I, I like Robert. I'm, I love real estate. It's, it's something that I've always been in, for better or worse, and it's stood by me, and I've stood by it. I've never known anything about mutual funds, thank God. <laughs> but I do know something about real estate. And I tried to tell my story in analyzing the deal. And I tried to tell it from a standpoint that's technical enough that it can be useful for the expert, but also written at a level where somebody that maybe is just starting out and wants to analyze the deal, try to figure out whether he wants to get in a real estate deal, whether he can. I tried to put some hard core really objective rules down to analyze deals so that you could take a look and say, yeah, this deal's not going to work, or yes, this, this makes sense. And I think it's in there, Robert. I, and I, I, like I said, it's a story that's been bubbling up inside of me for years because I've made all these mistakes. And I said, you know, if I can stop somebody from making some of those dumb head mistakes that I've made over the years, and, and maybe some of the successes, then that's a good thing. And so here comes Robert and says, would you do this? And I said, I'd be delighted. So I'm happy to be included in the book. Well, John, let's talk about some of the, uh, the type of the deals that you've been involved with. Uh, I learned today that uh, you have kind of a niche that you've operated in in, in real estate, and certainly your market has uh, been a high-end market for a lot of years. Tell us about, uh, about your niche in real estate. Well, I got in real estate as a, started out as a security lawyer. I, you know, after Stanford Law School and the Marine Corps, I, you know, I practiced law as a real estate attorney with a specialty in real estate finance. And so I took that expertise and, and developed a method of finding, financing, operating, and owning fast food restaurants, and particularly Burger King restaurants. And I built 30 or 40 or 50 of them. I'm not sure how many now. And I also got in Subway restaurants. We even opened the first Subway sandwich restaurant in, in St. Petersburg in Russia. Wow. And, uh, I've done restaurants on the mainland. Subways, uh, and now I'm into Carl's Jr. restaurants. So I like franchises, and I, I know something about them, and I, I think that I've been kicked in the head, to use a tired expression, enough that I, I think that I can analyze a deal and, and at least not make, not make a major mistake. And trust me, you, you don't want to make a major mistake, particularly if it's your first venture, because it may be your last venture. So, and I think that the other authors in the book are, have come from the same bent that they're trying to pass on some information that's been hard-earned that you can take home with you, can read, and say, yeah, I see what they're talking about. 
Yep, yep absolutely. absolutely. Now, Bernie, you wrote the uh, chapter on uh, the legal side of the business, obviously a very important part of the business. And uh, I understand, John and Bernie, you went to Stanford Law School together? That's correct, That's correct Robert. And uh, one, one of the things, at least to me, that's really exciting about Robert's book is the uh, what John said, the appeal to a broad audience of readers. Uh, this book can be understood and used by somebody who's doing their first real estate investment, and it can be equally useful to somebody who's a, a professional who's been in real estate for years. And, and Robert hit the nail right on the head. There's nobody that can be truly an expert in all these different aspects of real estate. So the only way to write really a book like this was to go out and to try to find people who are truly expert in the area of real estate that they were going to write on for the book. So I think that's what's really exciting about this book, you know, you know, appeal to a broad range of people. Absolutely. And I think that uh, one of the things that you gentlemen bring, in addition to just your experience, is perspective. People who got caught up in real estate in 03, 04, 05, and are now like, what happened? When you've been investing for 10, 20, 30 years, <clears throat> you, you see a, a longer term perspective. Can you speak to that? That's right. I've, well, I've been uh, a real estate lawyer doing both real estate transactions and real estate litigation now for 39 years. Wow. And I did my uh, first real estate development deal on my own 38 years ago. And I've been continuously doing real estate development on my own as well as representing a broad range of clients in the disputes and problems that they've got involved in in real estate. So I've got a a tremendous amount of experience doing that. Just not the experience I've had in doing my own real estate developments, but all the experiences that I've gotten to see firsthand for my clients and all the mistakes they made and all the mistakes I made. And like John says, what we're trying to do is pass along the, the things we've learned from our successes and the things we've learned from our failures so that uh, the people reading this book can avoid a lot of those failures and maybe achieve some of those successes. So that's what we're trying to help people accomplish. And that's why Robert uh, has put together his book, and that's why John and I participated in it. And we hope we're going to have some success in that. And the chapter that I wrote is on how to uh, handle and avoid uh, real estate disputes. So uh, unfortunately, like you said, one of the realities of real estate investing these days is it may involve disputes with the other participants, the contractors, the, the uh, developers, the lessors, the lessees. Uh, uh, that's just a reality of it these days. And some people get diverted by that and spend a tremendous amount of uh, financial and emotional energy uh, uh, trying to work on these disputes. And what I try to focus on is how to best resolve those disputes and eliminate them as quickly as you can so you can focus on what you're trying to do, which is real estate, not law. You know, one of the interesting things about real estate deals is they just come with hair on them sometimes. And everyone expects right. it to be clinical and safe, but it's not. Real estate can get messy. And uh, <laughs> we don't have to tell you that. Uh, but, but I think what's great is, is you just you just nailed it, that you can learn from people's successes for sure. And a lot of what people are going to read in the book is about where someone took an opportunity and followed it and did well. But you can sure learn from the failures and the challenges. I mean, I think arguably uh, around this table we can say these are some of the largest failures in 
real estate bright people have ever seen. (laughs) But you learn from that. And and, and a big key of it is just not to give up. I think one of the negatives that's happened in this market we've seen recently is that people have lost their dream of investing. They they tried it. It didn't work. They they didn't get educated. They didn't think about the legal stuff ahead of time. And now they're they're stuck and they want to blame real estate. But as this book shows, and as you guys know, investing for so long, it's a long-term process. Real estate is a long-term game. That's right, Robert. And really, the way they ought to view it is their learning and their education is just starting. That's not the time to quit. Because what they've learned, the most important lesson that you can learn in real estate is that you're never really that smart. And that all of us are going to make mistakes just the way they have. And all you can do is learn from those mistakes. And when you get involved with one, uh, like Warren Buffett says, you just try to extricate yourself from it as, as quick and as gracefully as you can. And that's all you can do. So people who've had taken some knocks in real estate recently, that's the beginning of their learning experience to invest in real estate. And see, now they've learned the most valuable lesson of all. That's that they don't have all the answers and that they've got to be careful and that it's not easy. So once you've learned that lesson, it really is easier. And that's what this book is intended to help you do is gain the benefit of a lot of other failures and and problems so that you don't have to actually experience all those failures and problems. But the thing is, we're all laughing because we've been you know, friends for 35 years in Hawaii. And Hawaii, we were there during the boom years, you know, when it... 747 started to come in and you know cheap tourism came and suddenly people were just you know they had little grass shacks and they're turning into condos and you know people you know people who had pig farms became multimillionaires you know it's just amazing time but we also saw the guys who made the fortunes and then thought they were the genius and then lost it again That's right <laughs> and, 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 and there's so many times through every cycle their names keep reappearing you know and then they go up and as John says, they buy a Bell helicopter and they're gone. <laughs> That's when you get out. You see the helicopter. That's how you know. John said earlier today that the way you knew that the real estate market was peaking out in Hawaii was when this guy went out and bought an aircraft to subcide. Then you said, oh boy, it's time, to get, time to get out. That's true. But, you know, before we pour cold water all over the real estate market, you know, I think, as Robert said, this is a fantastic time for those people who are aggressive, sharp, and motivated and most importantly dedicated to, to, to make major moves in the real estate market. It's like one of the best times I've ever seen in my 40 right. years, but it's only for those people that do their diligence, analyze the deal, stay away from legal problems. It's in the book. That's you know, and choose, you know, the, the good thing about the biz, this book is there's 22 people in 22 different businesses inside the business of real estate. And as I said, I know my business. I'm in B class, A, B, and C apartments. I'm in B class. The reason I like B class, up markets or down markets, we always have tenants. I don't care if the prices are up or down as long as they pay me my rent. Yep. That's all I care about. You know, and then when I went into uh, a sports club, suddenly I was in a different business. So that's why Ray Kroc says the, the purpose for having a business is to buy your real estate. But you better be clear what business you're in. Like these guys have been... You know, John's famous for being called the Burger King because he's a franchise business, fast food business. But that business has got different, right, since he got into it? Well, it's gotten tougher, more unaffordable as competitions increased, volumes have gone down. So what do you do? You combine uses. You try to find compatible uses. You put a gas station, you put a convenience store with your fast food operation. Then you add a Mexican 
operation or a pizza to that. And then you get about three nickels make a quarter. Then you leverage your management so you get some top-notch management. You can afford to pay good management because you have three or four uses they're running instead of one single use. So the days of the, at least in Hawaii and probably California, the days of the single-use concept where you take a corner, build a fast food restaurant, devote it solely to that, uh, unless you're McDonald's and you're buying it for the future, is probably over. I mean, you need, to, you need to leverage that corner by putting a lot of uses on it. And the uses are there. Fortunately, we're in a market where there's a myriad of very good concepts. And I, I actually like franchises, and I talk about it in the book. But, I, you know, I mean, people are they're sure there's people that come up with new and better ideas all the time that nobody's franchised. Then they franchise. Right. But, you know, for somebody that's getting into real estate, a franchise is a pretty darn good way to go. You know, it saves you a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble. And, you know, I, you know, I had a really good background in the law, and I knew a lot of stuff that the franchisors don't know. But I didn't know a lot of stuff that they do know. I mean, they have operating procedures and stuff that I didn't even think about. And, you know, food safety is such a concern these days, you know. So, you know, you get prescriptions to handle your food safety. I mean, you only need about one episode of food safety problem to, <laughs> to make your very promising real estate career end suddenly. Yeah, you know, well, then you got to go back to selling mutual funds. <laughs> We're uh, talking today with Bernie Bays and John Finney, who are both contributing uh, authors to uh, Robert Kiyosaki's new book, The Real Book of Real Estate. When we come back, uh, we're going to give you a chance to win a copy of that book, and we'll hear more from Robert Kiyosaki. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Equity happens. Is it happening to you? Learn more at realestateguysradio.com. Chadwick. Look, Chadwick. Real estate, like diamonds, are forever. So when it comes to real estate, never say never again. I travel the world for Global Property Network, spying out hot markets, experienced agents, and great deals. So if the world is not enough and you're looking for investment or vacation real estate anywhere in America or around the globe, call Global Property Network. I've got a gold finger for connecting you to great properties. You only live twice, so to grow your income for the second part of your life, you can live and let die, or you can go for it, like the living daylights. GPN is here to help. From Russia with love, this is Luke Chadwick for Global Property Network. Give Luke and his team at Global Property Network a license to kill and find you income-producing property. Tomorrow never dies, so you need Luke to find properties and deals for your eyes only. Call Luke and GPN today, 877-411-4GPN. That's 877-411-4GPN. Or on the sponsors page at realestateguysradio.com. If you like the real estate guys, then check out the Gold Show podcast with Jonathan Rose. With all the uncertainty in the stock market, it's good to know that there is more to investing than stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And there are steps you can take to safeguard your retirement dollars. Go to safeasgold.com and subscribe today. That's safeasgold.com. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. You're tuned to The Real Estate Guys every weekend on the radio and all the time at realestateguysradio.com. Sign up for our podcast and we'll come to you. And as Russ Gray likes to say, then you can take us to the gym. 
because we need the workout. Uh, we're here in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona with uh, an incredible brain trust of uh, gentlemen that have uh, been working uh, in and around real estate for lots and lots of years. Robert Kiyosaki has just come out with a brand new book. It's called The Real Book of Real Estate. 22 of his trusted advisors and experts uh, have contributed to this book. Now, Robert, there is so much to talk about when it comes to real estate and the very idea that no one person uh, person knows at all is really the the what, what makes this book so strong. How how did how could you get all these people together and make sure uh, that 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 it was a coherent piece of uh, of work and that it all made sense? Well, as I said, I like John and Bernie. We've been friends for 35 years. My 1031 specialist I actually use uh, Wayne Palmer, who's you know he's the expert in his area of creative financing. And I've been friends for years. Ken McElroy and Ross McAllister are really my business partners in real estate. Again, we're the apartment house guys. And we, and so it was pretty easy. It was just calling up friends. And those guys like Carlton uh, Sheets, who we are associated in another company called PEI, Professional Education Institute, which is Rich Dad's Coaching. And of course, Donald and I are good friends. But through Donald, I became more, even better friends with Don Jr. and Eric Trump because we all go hunting together now. And so I'm more friendly with Don and Eric. And I tell you, those guys are in their 20s, and they are like in their 70s with knowledge, and they have, the, they have that aggressiveness, that edge, the precision. And so with me, I think, I think the message is you never know all the answers. And I think we can always learn something from somebody else, and there's always a new twist and a new way of looking at it. And as, as John says, as real estate, you know, the better real estate goes up in price, you've got to get smarter. You know, you just can't say, I'm going to flip the property. I think those guys who tried that are dead. And what Bernie is really an expert in is, you know, he, he takes assembling large pieces of land and, you know, creating beautiful properties out of it. And my, my next door neighbor is Mel Schultz. And Mel is famous in Phoenix, but they, they think of him as a basketball guy. He's one of the founders of the Phoenix Suns and a team called the Arizona Diamondbacks and took him to the World Series. But he really got his money to go do his love, which is pro sports, because he's a real estate guy. Right. And he's, his, his chapter in the book, and he's a great guy, and his chapter in the book is how, how to buy by the acre and sell by the square inch. You know, I mean, that's one of the greater formulas of success. Yeah. <laughs> and so they all be at the party tonight, you know, down here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And the, uh, I call them the... Uh, the, the guys assemble and we, we come to talk and it's a it's a good time because we all come with different experiences different things but I think we're all great teachers but we're also great students and I think for the guys when we get to be our age I think the fun of it is to tell the stories to the younger people and say this is what I did and it's not so much do what I do but learn the lessons of it you know and I, and I think that's what's really exciting about the real book of real estate it's a, it's a chance for the older guys to pass on their wisdom now. It's like Maslow is what hierarchy. Yeah. When you get to the top, you give it back. Yeah. And so this is our chance to give it back. Well, and it's huge because it's like in the old days, right? The way old days, you, you didn't you didn't want a, a a young doctor. You wanted the older doc, oldest doctor you could find because he'd seen the most. Today, of course, the fact that uh, you know Donald Trump's sons are both very sharp on real estate. They've obviously been mentored well, but they've assembled the, the recent knowledge. So you have kind of both ends of that. And I think, you know, John, you had a, a huge point, which is whatever your core business is, whether it's B apartments or, or whether it's, it's franchises, it does change. I mean, you talked about how you can't just take a corner and put a franchise there, which is something you did for years and years and years, but you recognize that the markets change. Well, the market's dynamic. And, you know, and the nice thing about core business and 
playing to your strengths is that you are less likely to make a mistake. Now, I haven't always followed that axiom. I built, <laughs> we're talking yeah. about selling real estate by the inch. Of Bernie and I built a cemetery one time, and that's a classic example of buying it by the acre and selling it by the inch. But yeah. that's a story that's in the book, and, or at least part of it. It's too long for now, but the, we learned some very hard lessons. The cemetery business is different than fast foods. If you I would think so. Typically, <laughs> <laughs> we have to so. operate. So that's, a, that's the problem. But, you know, we talk about our expertise in passing it on. I think we all had mentors ourselves. I mean, I learned a tremendous amount from my old partner, Robert Pulley, and guys of his ilk that were former Navy pilots from World War II that were in the high-rise development business. And, and they, you know, a lot of the stories that I have in my book really came down from them and through them. And they, those kind of rules and patterns of real estate haven't changed over the years. I mean, the same smart guys look at the same, you know, look at the same characteristics to, to determine good real estate deals. I mean, the axioms remain the same, the market's dynamic, but, you know, you can't beat the old axiom of location, 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 and then you go to operations, 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 and then you do the spin off that. So we see these things come down over time that we've learned and learned the hard way. Yep. And then we've taken those and, and you know, and, but I truly, you know, I'm always happy to talk to anybody that wants to learn something about real estate because I've made those mistakes. And I, I don't mind telling the stories. They're painful. But, you know, you don't, the big thing is not to make them twice. You know, you know, guys make them twice or those guys are so mutual fun. Yeah, we say experience is the thing that allows you to recognize a mistake when you make it again. So, uh, so you know, I think one of the things here is that obviously you guys and the rest of the contributing authors just have a ton to share. And so to be able to distill it down into what's, it seems like a few pages, 20, 25 pages, but when you take that times 22, it's a it's a big old book. You know, that's, that's such wisdom. You may not get a chance to get in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a guy like John or with Bernie or with Robert, but here's the distillation of that information, which is just wonderful. Really, congratulations for you know the book and for taking time to put it out. It's just a great effort. I think one of the things today is is that you know Robert, you and I talked on on the show many times about this is the market we've been waiting for, right? right? When, and let's talk a little bit about the discipline it takes to be a real estate investor. I know Robert, you personally sat out some of the froth of the markets because you were waiting for the right deal, and that takes incredible discipline when you see prices go up in the franchise business. Right, as things change. How does discipline play a role in real estate investing? Well, I think, Robert, as you pointed out a few years ago, people said that these old rules didn't apply anymore, that uh, real estate was just going to go up and you didn't need to worry about risk and the, er, everything had changed and it was just easy. And anytime you hear that, you've got to start wondering. And, that, and that's what created the incredible pain that a lot of people are experiencing right now is that uh, they threw the old rules away and thought that those had changed and it turned out of course they hadn't changed and uh, what we're experiencing now is like the hangover after the party and the longer the party lasts the the worse the hangover and so we had a long party and uh, and uh, now we've got a pretty painful hangover so but like, like Robert says, this is the opportunity right now for people who want to invest in real estate. So I think you've got to be careful. You've got to look carefully. As John says, you've got to analyze each deal and make sure it works. Because what a lot of people don't realize, you can afford to pass on nine deals as long as you get the one that works. And the more of them you look at, 
the more opportunities you're going to have. And you've got to have the courage to walk away from a deal that doesn't really work. You've got to have a courage to do the right deal when it comes along, and some people have a hard time with that. But you've also got to have the courage to spend some time analyzing a deal and come to the hard conclusion that this deal is just too tough. And the benefits in it really don't outweigh the brain damage and the problems that it could cause me if this thing goes bad. If I could butt in on this, I don't even remember this burning. But there's two kinds of people that got in trouble. One was the new guy coming in who thought it was easy. And right. then was the old guy who thought he could break the rules. And uh, so I called Bernie up because his friend of Kim's actually, he had private equity money. And so he was trying to buy that hotel you know, that I'm talking about. And he yeah. was trying to take down a fairly major hotel next to where I used to live, the Colony Surf. And this guy had no experience, right? And so I'm looking at him as, you know, as a, you know, as a, I don't mention his name. I said, you know what I mean? And he says, nah, this is it. I'm going to jump in. Do a hotel. Yeah, I said, hey. And then so I called Rich Dad's son. <laughs> and so we're sitting there, so it's Bernie, this young guy, Rich Dad's son, myself, and we're trying to talk sense into this young guy who is just leveraging his butt off. He's going to start a yacht club and a private club and this and that. And then, but he was up against that guy who took down the Ilikai. And this, this guy, they were you old, the old bull, young bull. So yeah. the young bull was just as stupid as the old bull. The old bull, I think, paid $365 million for a project that was just recently came out of bankruptcy at $35 million or something, something like that. Yeah. So young or old, you know, when stupidity kids, there's no cure for it. Yeah. And you really can't talk them out of it because they're so certain they're wow. going to make money. So both of them actually collided on another deal. Remember that? Right. I'm, I'm sitting like Lost this. Lost money. That's and what we call. You can't talk them out of it. You know, I said, look, you guys, you guys are stupid. The one guy is selling, the other guy is going to buy, you know, God. And then Rich Dad's son and I are sitting there going like this, Jesus, you know, let's just get out of here. You know, it's so funny. People talk about not getting emotionally attached to real estate, but it sounds like that's exactly what's happening. It's not falling in love with the real estate. It's, de it's the deal, you know. It's the greed. It's the think that you're bulletproof. I think you're invincible. Do you think that this is it? So one guy was, you know, one guy was selling the other one all this. Well, you were almost kind of chuckling, right? I mean, yeah, I told Robert, no. <laughs> now, you know, that's interesting also because you can see from a perspective, right? You see somebody going down a path and you can recognize not. I would imagine that between the brain trust involved in the book, right, there's people that could see it. It's, it this is almost like having that, that uh, those experts over your shoulder, you know, giving you the, the hey, slow down kind of talk. But know? the message is when you're stupid, you're stupid. Well, yeah. When you think you're, you think you got all the answers, you're probably gonna. It's gonna be a, a pretty, train wreck. It's pretty hard to manage your way out of stupid. Yeah. I can tell you, it's a yeah. real tough deal. You know, in, in a couple of chapters, in my article, a couple of sections deal with the old caveat: Will the dogs like it? In other words, in a retail situation, you know, it maybe look good to you, and it looks good to your wife, and it looks good to your business dean, but will the people in the street like it? You know, I mean, that you have to. You have to really step back and analyze that carefully. And the other thing is, you know, if the dogs like it, can they find it? You know, I mean, if you put it around <laughs> the corner, I mean, if you're just off by a fraction from the prime corner. Oh, but, John, you could save so much money by that by getting it over Forget about it. If it's affordable, there's something wrong, right? So that's the deal that we, that's the deal we always run into, at least in the fast food business. We, I talk about that in the, 
you know, you know, and it's it's something that you have to be pretty cold-hearted, and you cannot fall in love with the real estate. And it sounds like that happened. I know about the deal you're speaking right. of, and that was a train wreck. Let me tell you, because his father was very successful, and his well, son, but it went to his head. It's tragic. Well, that's getting back to the whole humility thing, right? When you've been through great deals and terrible deals, you kind of live with both. And so you have that going for you as you move forward. You never want to believe your own press, right? You never want to just get, I mean, it may be working great today in this marketplace, but who knows what's going to be happening in a year or two years. Look at how many people got caught up in this whole economic meltdown we've had in the last year and a half. It's just crazy. I have a rule that's always handy to remember, Robert. A lot of people forget. If somebody's got an idea that's different than yours, whether they've got no experience, a lot of experience, or whoever they are, it's always a good idea to listen carefully to what they're saying and think about it. Because a lot of times, somebody who has no experience, they may know something that the people with experience don't know. So you want to listen to what they have to say, and you want to give it a chance. Don't just dismiss it. You want to listen to it. You want to think about it. You want to analyze it. And you want to say, is there something there? And surprising number of times, you'll say, they may have something there. And you'll learn something from them. And that's just what Robert says. If you think you know it all, and somebody says something you don't agree with, and you just dismiss it and don't think about it, you're missing a good chance to learn. If I can give you two quick examples, I was working at Xerox in the 70s. We tried to come up with this computer, and everybody said, that thing is you know, it's a piece of rot junk that will never work and all that. So the guy that stole it was a guy named Stephen Jobs. Right, right. <laughs> and he formed Mac out of it. And here it was, right under my nose, but right. I thought it was a stupid, who wants a computer? And the other thing was... That's that what everybody at Xerox thought. Though. Yeah. <laughs> and the same other guy was a guy named Bill Gates who stole from, uh, he, took, took it from he took Microsoft from IBM. IBM, basically. Yeah. So the, that's why they call the pirates of Silicon Valley, the two young kids who saw something the old guys didn't see. So the young guys, you can always see something different. But the thing that really hurt me the most was I was in Japan once on the side of Mount Fuji. And I, I sponsored a runner to run from the ocean to the top of Mount Fuji. His name was Max Telford. It was an ultra marathon. Wow. Today, oh, yeah. today, an easy run would be 25 miles, you know. So I, we ran Max from the ocean to the top of Mount Fuji. And so we're up there filming it and all this stuff. And they took us to this little restaurant, the Japanese guys that sponsored us. And one guy was a real estate developer who was our sponsor. And he says, look at this machine here. This machine will revolutionize the world. I, said, I looked at it, and there was a bunch of, bunch of drunk Japanese guys standing, singing it into it. I said, what is that? He said, it's a karaoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he says, do you, you want, do you want the distribution rights for it? I said, why, who in the world will stand and sing like a drunk? You know, that's the most stupid thing I ever saw. <laughs> well, this is long distinguished, yes. Wow. And, then, and then about 20-something years later, whatever it was, I'm way on some little hick, you know, cowboy town in Arizona, and it's this cowboy bar, and the guy says, karaoke tonight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I said, who would ever guess some rednecks in Arizona would be singing karaoke, you know. <laughs> so you never know. You never know. Our guest today, Robert Kiyosaki, two of the contributing authors, Bernie and John, are uh, part of this amazing book. It's called The Real Estate, uh, The Real Book of Real Estate, and uh, you're going to love it. Lots of great ideas in there. When we come back, we're going to give away a copy, so stay with us. You're tuned to The Real Estate Guys radio program, and I'm your host, Robert Helm. 
need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Are you struggling to keep up with your mortgage payments? Whether it's your home, vacation, or investment property, there are loan workout options available. To help you sort through all the noise in the marketplace, The Real Estate Guys has written a free 18-page report called What You Must Know Before Attempting a Loan Workout. In this special report, you'll discover the single most important thing the lender looks for before agreeing to modify your loan. Plus, you'll be able to weigh the pros and cons of hiring a professional versus doing it yourself, and much, much more. All you need to do to get your copy is email your request to workout at realestateguysradio.com. It's free, it's confidential, and it's yours when you send your request to workout at realestateguysradio.com. Hope is not a strategy. Start your own economic bailout plan today. Get the Real Estate Guys free report, What You Must Know Before Attempting a Loan Workout. Email your request to workout at realestateguysradio.com. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms, coming to you from the Rich Dad Studios in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're here with Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on the program, my friend. Oh, thank you. It's always interesting. This is, uh, this is a great book, and right now one of the uh, listeners is going to win. It's time to play Real Estate Trivia. Here's how that works. We're going to ask you a trivia question that has something to do with real estate, and as soon as you know the answer, send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. That's trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and mailing address, and the first person uh, to get uh, the right answer to us is going to win a, a copy of the book, The Real Book of Real Estate, with Robert Kiyosaki and 22 of his trusted real estate experts. Uh, and then we'll do a drawing for a second book from all the people that get the answer correct, because if you're listening via the MP3 or the podcast, you might not uh, make it in first, but we'll do a drawing for a second copy of the book. Here is this week's real estate trivia question. This book is out of this world, so here's my trivia question. All of the planets in our solar system rotate one direction except for one. Which is the one planet that rotates the opposite direction of all the planets? If you know that or you want to guess, send us that to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. And the first person uh, who gets it right, plus uh, someone who's going to win the drawing from the right answers, is going to win a brand new copy of Robert Kiyosaki's book, The Real Book of Real Estate. And I think we're going to persuade him to sign it for you. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, there you go. So an autographed copy of uh, the new book from Robert Kiyosaki. That's today's real estate uh, trivia question. Now, Robert, you've been in real estate investing for a, a long, long time, and, and you've had the vantage point of seeing where it went wrong, and I think that's a, a, a big part of the motivation behind this book. What are some of the tried and true lessons that you'd like to pass on to someone who wants to get started today in this type of a market when it comes to real estate? Oh, the way I got started, we talked about, I was watching, I went to see a rich dad, you know, and I said, he, lit, he had an office on the Waikiki Plaza, and I, I sat down with him, and I said, I want to be a, an entrepreneur and all this, you know, and he said, be an entrepreneur, you have to learn to sell, and if you want to be free, you have to learn to understand real estate, because your business buys real estate, that's the formula, I don't, you know, whether it's a Burger King buying the real estate, or McDonald's buying the real estate, or a cemetery buying the real estate, something, the business buys the real estate. So I was sitting at home one night, and he said, I'm not going to teach you. You, go, you have to go find your own teachers. He says, I'll inspire you. So I was watching a television, you know, the infomercial came on, and this guy says it was uh, Laurie Nickerson back in those days. And I think it was 385 bucks. And so I went and I signed up for it and sat three days there. And, and it was really true. The first thing the guy said to me is, you'll go to see every real estate broker, 
and they'll tell you what you're looking for you can't find. Every single one. So I knocked on all of these real estate brokers. As my rich dad said, the reason they're called brokers is because they're broker than you. Yeah. You know, they're not real estate investors, they're salespeople. I think you've got to have them in and all this stuff. And I just kept knocking on doors. I think that was one of the best advice I ever got because if it was easy, everybody would do it. And I, I think the hard part is how many deals you have to look at and how many things, how many no's and rejections or complexities or you know, how many blind alleys you go into. So I think the best lesson I learned is, you know, you have to look at a hundred deals before you even get one, one thing to process. And even then, after you, you go done your due diligence on that one deal, it still comes up empty many of the times. And that's why the, the lesson I learned is some of the best deals I've made were the ones I didn't do. You know, I mean, I may, I may regret some of the ones I lost because I wasn't aggressive enough. But more times out of not, it really was, you see, gut feeling. It's, I don't think I can do this. Not that it's a bad deal. I'm not capable of handling it, <clears throat> or my team can't handle it, or it's too big, or it's too small, and things like this. So those are the lessons you cannot ever learn from reading a book. They can only be learned by actually going out there and knocking on doors and talking to people and trying one or two things. But you know, I always recommend dream big, start small. You know, start, because within every deal is the gem of a fundamental part of real estate. Yep. But then the lessons come. Like the next lesson I learned is you want to look, it's not the real estate, it's jobs. If there's jobs in the area, real estate's pretty good. If the jobs are decreasing, real estate's bad. Like Detroit, you know, they leave, it's bad. Well, the other thing I learned, nobody can teach you, is a girdle. The reason Manhattan is so expensive is a girdle around. It's called the ocean. Yep. You know, so I invest today in like in Flagstaff, Arizona, the girdle is the environmentalists who are no growth guys. And so if you can find a piece of property that we found a property with an extra five acres on it. So that gave us, we, we paid the, the price for it because we could develop five years into the future. Whereas the girdle prevented it. We, I buy and we develop a property in Portland, Oregon, again, because the environmentalists had a girdle around it. Tucson has a girdle around it. But those things, you know, you don't really know until you're actually banging on doors, looking, and you have to go see for yourself. That's what I believe. Why real estate's so expensive in the islands? Because there's the Pacific Ocean around. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty big hurdle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, the other thing about it, I mean, if you look at Hawaii, that has always been and will always be a desirable place to go. And so when you have that, a fundamental like that, obviously within the market, lots of opportunity, but you, you got to start there. Whereas, have you been to Detroit? Right. I mean, I just don't see right. The, that's coming back. There's there's so many problems, and so I mean, a lot of what we do in real estate is we exist to solve problems. But you got to be smart about the fundamentals. One of the things True. that we haven't talked about is that sometimes you just can't avoid making a bad deal. In in the book, I talk about that deals are like parachutes. Sometimes you need a ripcord. Yeah. That means you better have a way out of it. And if you're smart, and if you're Sophisticated, you negotiate that ripcord on a lease deal in particular, and you know it's it it's you might lose the airplane, but you don't lose your life. If you know what I mean? You've got to be able to bail out of a deal once in a while. It's hard to get, but it's one of those tried and true techniques. If you're really on the horns of a dilemma that you may want to put in your deal, always a plan B. I was imagine from the legal perspective, especially you want to make sure that you've got those those you know backstops. Hard to get. But very important, you know, yeah. very important, and it's something that uh, adds to the value of the, of the transaction if you're 
able to get out of it if it doesn't work to plan. They want to have a backup plan and an exit strategy that yeah. uh, things don't work. I can remember I was a, had a partner on a big ranch deal in Hawaii, and I, I said, well, don't we want to set up an exit strategy here and just in case uh, something happens? <laughs> No. They said, no, nah, they said, we got plenty of money. We can't we, fail. We, we, we don't need an exit strategy. And, of course, and six months, guess what happened? They went into a receivership, had to uh, unload the whole property without developing it. And had they followed my advice to set up an exit strategy, they could have uh, done a lot better in doing it. Sounds that. like you're the one that needed an exit strategy. I did, I did. You're writing this down, Russ? We've got all the money there is. We don't need an exit strategy. <laughs> Wisdom here for sure. Now, you know, John, we're talking about analyzing deals, which is your chapter in, in the book. How much of analyzing a deal is pure numbers and logic versus what Robert talked about, having some of a gut instinct? Well, it's all numbers and logic. All, but you gotta make sure your numbers are right and your logic is correct. That's the issue, isn't it? You know, because in my chapter, I talk about garbage in, garbage out. Right. And I'll point to my uh, infamous cemetery project <laughs> where I did the projections on, and the numbers looked absolutely fantastic. When you can convert acres into inches and you convert a million dollars of the real estate into something that sells out for $30 million, I mean, that, that, that pops off the chart. But unfortunately, if it takes 100 years to sell the $30 million, you don't live to enjoy it. So, <laughs> so you have to be sure that your, your, analysis, your, own there, your analysis is not faulty. And, and the logic goes to whether or not the product or what you're offering or the vacant lot or whatever thing will be saleable. If that's the way, unless you want to keep it and build your own house, and then, then it's totally logical because then you're satisfied, you're happy, you like the view, and unless you build it and you decide there's you forgot there's a high-rise over there that you didn't analyze the deal correctly. But if you're trying to resell something, your logic has to, to go to the analysis of whether people actually buy it. Even though it looks great to you, will the guy on the street, can he afford it, will he buy it? Yep. Well, I, think, uh, I think the idea of instinct, though, I think instinct definitely has a place in real estate investment. But I think oh, what John just says, it has to be tutored. Uh, instinct. In other words, you got to do the analysis that John went through, and, and, and if your figures are right and your facts are right, then you're in a position to apply that instinct. If you're just applying instinct without any analysis, uh, then you're going to get into trouble. Well, but you got to. Uh, there is an element of instinct. You do all the analysis, and then it's then's when you say, okay, now it's a matter of instinct. Do I feel good about this? I, I wouldn't dismiss that at all. You got all those facts, all those figures. Do I feel good about this? Or is there something in me that's saying, wait a minute? Right. And I've had that little voice a number of times that was saying, don't do this. And I went ahead and did it. And there was always a good reason for that. The other thing is to actually do the due diligence to allow you to have those projections. Go out there and stand right. on the street and count those cars going by. Look at the kind of people that are in those cars. Look at the people that are walking by. I mean, in a retail situation, I can tell you. John have, does that himself. You have a lot more success if there are 30,000 cars going by a day than there are 15. And I promise you, <laughs> if you go to the city and county records, it'll probably show 15. And then you'll miss a chance to jump on that bass plug that's, you know, when you see the deal that's right, then you want to bite, you want to hit it hard. You'll miss it because you're going to rely on bad data. So the only person that, you know, and don't send your 17-year-old 
maybe you've got a smart 17-year-old son. My daughter <laughs> was probably would do it better than I would. She's 17. But you, if you do it yourself, then you know, and you don't have to count for 24 hours. You count it 10 minutes at a time. Count the number of cars, and you can extrapolate from that. You can come pretty dang close to where you want to be. And you just can't make something that depends on high volume work if there's not high volume of people. It doesn't work. And that, surprisingly, you know, so many people make that basic mistake because it looks good to them. And it's easy to build. The, the and, they, standard, and they would eat there. The standard, <laughs> the standard plans that your franchisor gives you will fit right on this place. And there's room for drive-through. Oops, what, there's only one exit, you know, and that's kind of a problem. But people, you know, if you make that kind of mistake, then it, it may not be fatal. But it's going to cost you money. I mean, okay. if you can't get in and out of someplace easily, people are not going to stop. It's too much trouble. And you're not selling gold. You're selling hamburgers or, or whatever you're selling, or widgets, you know. I mean, it's just another place to get widgets that might be a little easier to get to. You know, I think that there are a lot of the economic reasons that people have had challenges in real estate, certainly, but a huge component is people just didn't do their due diligence. They didn't understand the basic premise of the market. Something as simple, I mean, this is brilliant, something as simple as standing there and counting the cars, they just assumed, or they didn't even think about it. I mean, John counsels counsel his cars himself, Robert. Yeah. He'll go out there, even though he could hire people to do that, or could have people do it, or could have studies done. He likes to go out and count the cars himself so he can see the cars and how they're turning and whether, how they're likely to behave there because he feels that, that truly understanding those traffic patterns is equally important to the traffic count. And I think he's right about that. You try not to get arrested for vagrancy when you're standing out there counting cars. <laughs> you know, that guy's been here. Right? I wonder who this guy is. You know? Maybe a stalker, you know. So you got to be a little careful. Uh, it depends on the type of real estate, right? For apartment deals, we don't count the cars. But there are certainly things you got to know. Yes, you do. I mean, I was, I was looking at this one property. His friend came up to me and says, look at this property. You know, the price is right. There's no, there's no such thing as affordable real estate. You know, there's always... You know, so he was talking, it was cheap and all this. And he said, look at this picture. I took a picture of it. And I said, good. What day did you take the picture? He said, Saturday. I said, there's one problem. There's no cars. Yeah. I said, your vacancy numbers are not equal. You know, what, they, what they're reporting to vacancy does not coincide no. with the cars in the parking lot. That doesn't happen. <laughs> and, but, Boy, but, you know, a... but if you don't know that, you, know, you, you, just, you just read the performa. And performa basically means it's full of lies. You know? I, this one guy came and pitched me a deal for a parking lot by Sky Harbor Airport. And he gave me the actual numbers on performa on a building that's not been built. And I went, how can you have actual numbers in a performa on a building that's not built? He goes, <laughs> you know, I mean, how do you do that? And he goes, I never thought of that, you know. But some big engineering firm gave him these numbers, and he believed it. Copy and paste, yeah. And he spent a fortune on architecturals and all this, but he never asked the question. You know, he just assumed. And garbage now, in, garbage out. Bad numbers in, bad numbers out. Yeah. The bottom line just doesn't come out, though. And if your decision is going to be based on running the numbers and the formulas, you better have the right premises, for sure. Which, which brings up my, my thing is I, I don't... I don't diversify. You know, I just like to focus. I want to stay on one thing, and then that way I just keep making not the same mistake, but I get wiser each time. <laughs> each deal I do, I get a little bit better. So when somebody comes up to me, like I have, you know, a little, I have a property on Camelback, highest traffic, you know, yada yada yada. But I'd have to go into a franchise. 
and I went, I don't know anything about that business. And right now, I don't I'll, know. It's all right, I'll develop it for you, don't worry. What's that? I'll develop it for you. So. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go look oh, at but, it after the show. <laughs> but some guy cart. bought it. He, he, he went and bought the property right next to adjoining property. And then he tries to sue me to give him access to it. I'm going, you've got to be kidding. Yeah, he's, he doesn't have zoning. He doesn't have anything. He's going to put a sushi franchise on it. Now that's one of those small kind oopses that you make and you forgot there's no access. It's a great piece of property, but you yeah. can't get in there without uh, going to the Supreme Court of the United States to win right. a lawsuit. Yeah. What he that's saw not is, a good thing. What he saw is I own the parking lot around it. And he assumed I, he, that he could just park his cars there. And then he tried to sue me to give him rights. So I said, that's not the way, you, you know, stupid. Why don't, you, why don't we not talk about it? Well, he wants it. And I'm going. So he finally, he bought it, and now it's up for sale again. He paid 800000 for it, and I offered 300000 for it. Because that's all it's worth as a parking lot. Well, let's talk about that. That's a recurring theme, Robert, that you have, is it's not about cost, it's about value. People now look at real estate, well, it's less than it was, you know, two years ago. Two years ago, I could have bought it for 500 you know, now it's only 300 so it must be a good deal. Well, that was, I had a big fight with my assistant, Christina, you know, because she found the home of her dreams and all this, and they said it was in, in, on Central Avenue in Phoenix. So we go to the property, and it's on 7th Avenue, it's not Central. She says, well, it's near Central. It's the difference between near <laughs> and on, you know. And she says, and she, then she's looking at the house. And she says, the house is this, has a pool and all this. I said, yeah, but do you see that building up there? She goes, what's that building? Oh, that's, I won't mention the name. It's that, that high school. And she says, what does that mean? This is the most crime-ridden high school in the state. And she goes, oh, yeah, but it'll improve. I said, no, that's not the trend. I said. <laughs> yeah, it's getting worse. <laughs> yeah, I said, when the economy crashes, bad neighborhoods get worse. And so the blight is going to spread. She goes, no, no, it won't. So she was, again, so attached to the house, but not looking at the surrounding area. And the price was good and all that. But I said, there's a reason the price is coming down. And even if it's a cheap price, can you afford, you know, it's a four-bedroom, whatever it is. If you have a family, do you want your kids going to the worst neighborhood in high school in town? And I said, look, you got to think of those things. It's, the, it's, it's got a nice kitchen. Well, but, but getting back to the time we're in right now, there are some fantastic opportunities right. arising sure. in real estate. There are going to be opportunities for those people that are out there looking, trying to find, searching, applying the rules to the real estate. There are some fantastic deals. I wish I was 25 years younger and I'd start all over again. So. <laughs> well, uh, here's your chance, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, learn from uh, the experts and uh, really folks that have been in the business a long time have distilled down what they know into a few pages that really can have an impact on you. As Robert says, you're not going to figure it out just by reading it. That's the start. And then you've got to get out there. There's there's book knowledge, which is in, which is invaluable, but then there's street knowledge of actually doing it. And I think our, our panel today has a ton of that. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great to meet you guys. And uh, if anybody wants to uh, learn more uh, from these gentlemen, they're just two of our contributing uh, authors to uh, Robert Kiyosaki's new book, The Real Book of Real Estate, available now. Of course, you can always go to the Rich Dad site and uh, check it out. You'll also find a link on our site at Real Estate Guys Radio. Uh, get a copy uh, of the book and uh, read it. Robert, uh, it has been an extreme honor to be here uh, in your home turf. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you. If I could give a plug for the book. I'm really surprised it's been out one day. 
And it's already, I think, on the th up in the 300 list of Amazon. Wow. Out of tens of thousands of books, you know, for a book to be released in one day and be that high wow. up. Especially in this real estate market. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to do our best to get a few copies moved out there as well today. Hopefully, if you enjoyed the show today and uh, learning from these gentlemen, in the coming weeks on the real estate, we'll hear from some of the other experts who contributed this book as well. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, you're tuned to the Real Estate Guys our Radio Network. Thanks for uh, tuning into the program today. Thanks to our uh, wonderful guests and all the folks at the Rich Dad Organization. We'll see you next week on the Real Estate Guys radio program. This airing of the Real Estate Guys was brought to you in part by our sponsors, Audit My Bills. Help companies increase their profits and make a profit yourself with Audit My Bills. Perfect for anyone looking to earn an extra income. Call 888-64-AUDIT. Global Property Network. Referrals to the world and properties to your doorstep. Call GPN at 877-411-4GPN. Profitable Retirement Solutions. Find ways to grow your nest egg even in this failing economy. Attend the Profitable Retirement Solutions Seminar on April 18th. Call 888-662-0668 or visit rescuemyira.com. You can find out about these and our other valued sponsors on our sponsor page at realestateguysradio.com. And to learn how you can sponsor the program, call Matthew Pierce at 510-521-5100. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week with the Real Estate Guys.